Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with how the Dems flipped another house seat. Move on to why Putin's puppet hates NATO and follow all of that up with the spectacular way Republicans just got caught lying again. Let's begin, shall we? Republicans are simping hard for the candy orange douche, and I just want to take a moment to point out just how dick dastardly this really is. First off, they complained about the crisis at the southern border. So President Biden... DHS Secretary Mayorkas and Republican James Lankford hashed out a deal together to fix the migrant invasion. And in response, House Republicans refused to even look at the bipartisan deal because if they did, the danger yam would get them. So the Senate removed the southern border from their Ukraine and Israel aid package because it might pass in the House, which needed final rep- approval before President Biden could sign it. But in a shocking move, House Republicans threw a tantrum because the aid package did not include funding for the southern border, and they refused to even look at it, probably because of their fear of Fatty Krueger. Meanwhile, the House Republicans have been working hard on a side project, impeaching DHA Secretary Mayorkas for the issues with the southern border Republicans have been preserving for their dear leader's 2024 presidential campaign talking points. Mike Johnson, the worst House Speaker since Kevin McCarthy, brought Mayorkas' impeachment up for a vote during the day and it tanked spectacularly, with Texas Rep Al Green showing up after stomach surgery in a wheelchair just to cast his vote. So Republicans decided to try again. This time, they'd call their own cancer-ridden congressman, Steve Scalise, to combat the Dems' Al Green and held a vote in the dead of a particular night because they knew the very next day would bring this. Republicans' grip on the House just got even weaker. Democrats scoring a huge victory and flipping the seat once held by George Santos. Democrat Tom Suozzi heading back to Congress after winning New York's special election. He defeated Republican candidate Mozzie Pillip. 53% to 46% wasn't even close. Which means this race gives Democrats a shot of energy, bragging rights, and momentum in a pivotal election year. It's time to move beyond the petty partisan bickering and the finger pointing. It's time to focus on how to solve the problems. It's time to get to work on immigration, on Israel, on combating Putin, on helping the middle class. (laughs) Oh, those sussy Republicans. They must have known they would lose criminal George Santos' old seat because while they still had that seat, they voted to impeach Mayorkas in the wee hours of the night just to make sure it got done. For Girth Vader and the poorly educated empire, of course. And a good thing too, folks, because exit polling showed the New York special election had a particular agenda, at least when it came to the voters. 
The biggest issue to watch in this race, Chris, is migration. You cannot turn on the TV without seeing a bombardment of ads from both campaigns on this issue. Republicans keep pounding uh, Tom Swazi on the air, trying to tie him to the left. He has rejected this, and he is taking this uh, pretty seriously, countering, uh, you know, saying that he supports this bipartisan deal to toughen border and asylum laws. This is a fascinating early test of that Democratic argument to try to go on offense with the border. The president could take executive action to do it today. It doesn't need more money. It needs action. Uh, and this is what's disappointing to people. And that's why Mayorkas is going to pay this public relations price by being uh, impeached. And don't you think for a second voters in this special election didn't already know that? They are smarter than a fifth grader and smarter than the average maggot. They get that Republicans have been playing games with our border security, using impeachment as a political tool. And they said, fuck that shit. Get another Democrat in the House ASAP. Because, folks, shit is getting real. Especially after Putin's puppet went full fascist in front of a poorly educated crowd in South Carolina. NATO was busted until I came along. I said, everybody's going to pay. They said, well... If we don't pay, are you still going to protect us? I said, absolutely not. They couldn't believe the answer. And everybody, you never saw more money pour in. They all owed money, and they wouldn't pay it. I came in, I made a speech, and I said, you got to pay up. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. I said, no, no, you have to understand. You don't pay your bills, you get no protection. It's very simple. Okay, seriously, somebody needs to tell Tangerine Mussolini, you never go full fascist during the primary elections. Save that for the general election. But here we are. So voters are choosing Democrats because Republicans have the border bullshit going on and Voldemort is saying the Russian backdoor deals out loud. So how is everyone else doing? Former President Donald Trump is threatening to abandon the United States uh, NATO allies. Former President Trump said he would encourage Russian aggression against an American ally in NATO that didn't pay enough. President Biden calling those words appalling and dangerous, insisting if Trump regains power, he intends to give Putin a green light for more war and violence. From the White House. You've heard from President Biden, gosh, I don't know how many times. We will defend, if needed, every inch of NATO territory. That's what the commander-in-chief of the United States ought to be saying when it comes to NATO. To America's closest ally, the UK. I think what was said was not a sensible approach. We heard from the NATO Secretary General who responded to these comments saying that this kind of thing undermines security and also puts American and European soldiers at at risk. Well, fuck yeah, it does. And let's be honest, folks. Putin appears to be at the apex of his supervillain arc. So now his political opponent has mysteriously died in a Siberian gulag. Because when you have total presidential immunity, you let yourself do it. Which is why I am so glad the D.C. Court of Appeals explained to Putin's puppet last week why U.S. presidents do not enjoy absolute immunity. And just in the nick of time, because apparently someone needs to call Houston because there is a problem.
An unconventional warning on Capitol Hill. Chairman Mike Turner of the House Intelligence Committee summoning his fellow members of Congress to a secure room at the Capitol to review what he called a, quote, serious national security threat. Congressman Mike Turner had no comment after he demanded the White House declassify information about what he called a serious national security threat. Involves Russia wanting to put a nuclear weapon in space, a goal it has not accomplished yet. It is related to a Russian military capability. Russian nukes in space. Multiple sources are telling CNN tonight that the U.S. has new intelligence on Russia's efforts to deploy a nuclear anti-satellite system in space. I think it's time to turn up the heat. We understand that all drones and everything else work for Americans only while Starlink exists. So if we carefully launch our nukes in space, there will be no Starlink left. Of course, Pooty Poot wants to nuke satellites in space. I mean, when you are a tiny ruski on the short end of a dictator stick, you got to take it up a notch. And with Putin's puppet saying he'd encourage the same tiny ruski to attack NATO allies, seems like soon would be the perfect time for a little nuclear-filled light show just above the Earth's atmosphere. Now, as a side note, Russia using nukes to blow out Starlink satellites is a very stupid idea that would only hurt themselves, since Russia is the one using thousands of Starlink satellite terminals in Russian-occupied areas of Ukraine. And let's not forget that Elon Musk turned Starlink off for Ukraine back in September of 2023. So nuking their satellites has nothing to do with Ukraine. But never mind all of that. There is a Ukraine and Israel aid package waiting for a final vote from the House. But alas... Waiting that bill shall do, because the worst House Speaker, Tiny Johnson, is quite butthurt over being the tiniest guy in Congress. Not to mention Mikey Nose, aiding Ukraine when Russia's dollar store Stalin is trying to assimilate the former USSR territories is probably a bad idea. So I'm sure that bill is never getting to Biden's desk. And that's a bad thing, folks. But you know what's really bad? Lying. And thank goodness for the American public, liars get indicted. Well, at least some of them. Like the Republicans' favorite former FBI informant. What Republicans swore up and down was true turns out to be a lie. For months, the House GOP told the country that Joe Biden took bribes. It's the stated reason why they want to impeach the president. The special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation has charged a one-time informant. Alexander Smirnov is accused of falsely claiming that the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma paid the Bidens $5 million apiece back in 2015 and 2016. Now, the reason why this is significant is that this individual and his testimony was a major aspect of the claims by Republicans that President Biden himself had benefited from his son's business operations. According to the FBI, he lied to the, uh, to the FBI uh, when he made some claims that, that Joe Biden received or was getting paid $5 million uh, and that Hunter Biden was getting paid $5 million in order to assist Burisma, the Ukrainian uh, energy company on which uh, Hunter Biden was serving as a, as a, on the board of directors. Oh, karma. She's a hell of a girl, ain't she? 
But just for shits and giggles, let's hear from the Republicans on their most trusted witness to the FBI, who is now charged with making shit up the entire backbone of the Republicans' case to impeach President Biden. Roll tape. A veteran FBI informant. FBI informant who is very trusted. A highly reliable informant. A confidential human source that had been reliable previously to the FBI. A confidential informant that they had on the payroll. From a trusted FBI confidential human source. Trusted FBI informant. And a highly credible FBI source. We uh, have determined that whistleblower is extremely credible. This is a very crucial piece of our investigation. (laughs) Oh, it's so sad. Because you just know that load of bullshit Smirnoff made up about Biden and his son Hunter was the crown jewel on the pile of shit excuse that the Republicans have been using to try to impeach the current president. Oh, (laughs) it's just too bad that this guy got caught lying his ass off on their behalf. And when I say too bad... I mean, this couldn't have happened to a more deserving and laughably pathetic excuse for a political party, especially considering y'all got your panties in a bunch after the news broke about Biden's classified documents case. The U.S. Department of Justice has just released the special counsel's report on President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. The lead investigator into President Biden's handling of classified documents just released his findings. Special counsel Robert Herr releasing his 345-page report on the investigation into those documents found at a number of properties linked to President Biden. The report highly critical of his handling of the materials, but saying, quote here, we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. Criminal uh, charges not recommended for the president or anyone else for that matter. Special counsel acknowledged I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give special counsel what they needed. I went forward with a five-hour in-person interview. Bottom line is the special counsel, in my case, decided against moving forward with any charges. This matter is now closed. Okay, okay, I hear you. You want this entire case closed. And I I feel you. But about that five-hour interview with the special counsel, Robert Herr. The report clears him legally, but could damage him, obviously, politically, including a passage which reads, and I quote, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview with him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Oh, and it doesn't stop there, folks. See, thanks to the DOJ's special counsel Robert Hur's flagrant use of adjectives in his report on President Biden's handling of classified documents, media outlets discovered an unexploited issue. The, oh no, an old man is running for president card. Roll tape. As the president, now the oldest in U.S. history, prepares for the 2024 election, concerns grow about his age. The age issue has been a topic for President Biden in a way that it has not been for his likely opponent, Donald Trump. The one thing that Joe Biden cannot impact is his age. And that age issue is going to become greater and greater. I think that the age issue, the age issue, the age question, the age question, the age question, I call it the vitality issue. A lot of people are saying Joe Biden's too old. Joe Biden is not going to not be older next year. He gets older every single day. 
And now that we all know how age works, could we just agree that we're looking at a sequel to 2020's Grumpy Old Men reboot and it doesn't make any of us happy? Biden is 80-something and the lumbering lardass is right behind him at 77. They could have gone to the same high school together, folks. Let's just admit, no one is happy choosing which one of these elderly assholes is going to run our country for the next four years, but... In the same token, we could make the wrong choice, and that's important. And by wrong choice, I mean we could elect the overbronzed Gord who is facing 91 criminal charges on four indictments because his only real career has been criming crimes. The Leaning Tower of Orange, who had a millionaire friend start a GoFundMe to help him pay legal fees, and it's still up and running, folks, despite hundreds of complaints to GoFundMe. And as of the recording of this show, over $55,000 has been given by the poorly educated in this country to cover the $355 million awarded to the state of New York because the worst fake billionaire in the world just can't afford his own judgments. So tell me again how Biden's an elderly man with a poor memory and that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. Oh, and don't forget, Sundays at 6 p.m. Ohio time, you can re-listen to this very show on Crowtown Radio. But if that's not enough for you, you can catch me once a week on Face Palm America with host Beowulf Rockland, where we make fun of the news in real time on a recorded podcast. You can follow This Week Again on social media wherever you can find us. And we are always available for your listening pleasure on places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to this show. Today for now.